Hello, this is Coach Reed, the head women's basketball coach for the Jackson State University. Also, your 2020 SWAC champions and your 2020 SWAC coach of the year. You're listening to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Hey, I believe. Do you? of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Kalia C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple podcast users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I Love Jackson State University. All right. Thank you, the Kalia C., my wonderful eight-year-old daughter. <laughs> and we are back for another episode. Of course, I am the Corey C. I'm joined today by Charles Bishop and Neely. Fellas, we meet again. No doubt. What's going on, fellas? Great to be back on with you for another episode. Man, always a pleasure to be here with the super producer, Corey and, and uh, Chuck Bishop. How you making it, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, Neely, man. It's great to be back on with you. Uh, I tell you what, this this is fun stuff. We're getting into a little closer, a little closer. We get an inch a little closer towards athletics. And, you know, we are, no doubt about it. We're, we are now in the, the, the back half of, of, of October. So it's everything is starting to line up. It is. It is. Looking forward to it. Starting to line up. And, you know, you know us. We're always trying to put the pieces together to that puzzle regarding this hiring and I know everyone's waiting to get word on their coaching staff but as we wait we got some pretty big news recently uh oh what's that I hear what is that (laughs) (laughs) what's that uh huh yes indeed that's uh that's that's billboard top 1000 (laughs) it must be the money (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> Contract details for Coach Prime have been released. It's a four-year, $1.2 million deal in its totality. That's 300K annually, and the deal includes at least 120K in annual performance incentives. And, you know, when we started hearing speculation of a possible Deion Sanders hiring, a lot of the naysayers were wondering, how in the world can Jackson State afford Deion Sanders? <laughs> So now we know. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you, you're spot on. Everyone, when the, when the quote-unquote rumor was out there, saying there's no way it could happen because, you know, even Power 5 schools couldn't afford the, the contract that he would call for. But I think when the rumor became reality and people got to hear Coach Prime speak, uh, that, that they probably got a better understanding of what he's in this for. And mm-hmm. so the notion of what it may take uh, to compensate somebody of that caliber. Now, by no means is Coach Prime volunteering, uh, but I, I think it's a pretty fair and balanced deal. Uh, 
you know, because he, he is clearly not demanding what the market could for someone of his uh, accomplishments and any role that he plays. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head on that, Neely, in terms of uh, <clears throat> after you listen to why uh, Coach Prime was was uh, throwing his lot in the ring, if you will, uh, for this job, uh, it kind of uh, hit me that the, the, the salary or the salary structure was was not of, of the preeminent importance for him, uh, but he was getting in this uh, because, you know, he wanted to challenge himself in, in this regard so in terms of being a, a head coach on the college level. So uh, I, I think uh, the contract part of it kind of uh, kind of got to the back burner, if you will. Now, going back to something that Neely said in terms of market value for someone of Coach Prime's caliber, well, one of the things that's been a big debate is the fact that he hasn't been a head coach on the college level. So is it fair market value for a person of his caliber? Because, yeah, he's Deion Sanders, but he hasn't coached college football. So did that, I guess, help the negotiation if you're on the Jackson State side of the negotiating table? I, I think it did. You know, one thing I'll say, uh, you know, from that Chuck, Chuck's going to laugh because I always speak from that 30,000 foot level. You know, 30,000 foot looking down, I, you know, anytime a contract is signed, clearly both parties agree to, you know, so kudos to uh, Vice President Athletic Director Ashley Robinson uh, for getting something that was in the best interest of the university and kudos for Coach Prime for signing something that was in his best interest. And I do think there had to be uh, a, some little bit of give and take because there is a quote-unquote lack of collegiate coaching experience. But then the other reality is the ancillary dollars that come in and follow him have a market value. And I think that's why you see things, you know, uh, not only just winning record-wise, but even ticket sale-wise. And I think that kind of gives you that ebb and flow and that give and take in the negotiations that must take place. And if both parties sign it, then both parties are cool with it. Great point. And and when you take a look at it from the standpoint of, uh, the fact that uh, Dion is a global brand unto himself, that, that give and take part that you talk about, Neely, uh, as far as, uh, no, he's, he's not been a, a, a college coach uh, at this level, but the fact of the matter is uh, he is a, a market share global brand person. So I, I'm sure that there is a, a good mixture of finding the right balance of both uh, in terms of his persona, his brand, and the fact of being a neophyte coach. You know, Chuck, it, this is almost the flip side of, you know, revenue sharing in the NFL. In the bigger market, give up a chunk of what they make so that the whole boat stays afloat. And where am I going with that? I'm going in a place that I know is not in this contract. But but Coach Prime is so big for the swag and for HBCUs. This is something that if the dollar amount did get out of whack, that you should have had everybody from Howard to Prairie View put me in some money. It's just going to benefit everybody when it when it comes to brand recognition now. Uh, and so I do think, Corey, that there is a lack of, of collegiate college coaching experience that you can put a dollar value to. But there are other things in there uh, that, man, at the end of the day, we probably got cheap. You know, we, we probably we probably get more way more than we pay for, at least potentially. It goes back to that theme, I think, that we've said on on, on previous shows in terms of uh, that rising tide lifting all boats. And, and that's definitively mm-hmm. what we have here with Coach Prime coming into that HBCU stratosphere. Mm-hmm. And you talked about how much we will potentially pay him. Well, the deal, of course, is laced with bonuses and incentives. Coach Prime gets a 5K bonus for hitting a 970 APR score. 
25K for beating an FBS team, 10K for winning the SWAC Eastern Division, 30K for a SWAC Championship, and 50K for a Celebration Bowl win. So what stands out about the incentive structure of the deal, Chuck? You know, taking a look at the incentive structure of the deal, um, there is, there's nothing that really, you know, jumped out. It's like, oh, you know, caught my eye. I mean, I thought it was a fairly standard uh, incentive package because when you uh, uh, take a look at most coaches around the Southwestern Athletic Conference or, or the MEAC, most HBCU coaches, that, that incentive packages, you, you do get some sort of bonus, if you will, for APR. You, you do get some sort of bonus, if you will, for uh, beating the FBS opponent. Um, uh, you remember uh, North Carolina A&T beating the FBS opponent and, and, and the coach famously in the locker room was, uh, show me my money. You know that sort of thing. So uh, as well as, <laughs> as winning, you know, for for your, you know, winning the SWAC East or, or winning a, a SWAC championship and the Celebration Bowl victory. So I thought the the incentive part of the contract it was fairly standard. There wasn't anything that really uh, really caught my eye. It, it might be uh, news to a, a lot of our, our fan base, but it was it's really kind of a, a standard incentive uh, incentive that you see in a lot of coach contracts. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Chuck. I, I think it was it was standard, but not to the point of of, of being uh, a template cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there was there was some there was some uh, some degree of of uh, this was tailor made for this situation. One of the, one of the that quote unquote, and, and let me say this, guys, I want him to get all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I want him. Get every every incentive that AD Robinson put in. I hope Coach Prime reach except except two. I'm not interested in Coach Prime getting an extension because Ashley Robinson leaves, right. and I'm not interested in him getting an extension because they leave the swag. Other than those two outliers that we know in this business are possibilities. As we look at this two to really three, because I know the contract is four years, but you're really dealing with about a two and three year window before something gets extended or renegotiated. So for these next two years, two and a half, three years, you know, uh, I hope he hits all these incentives. And I, and I hope that, you know, that, that those things that are out there is a carrot on the stick, which from a financial standpoint, I'm, I, I'm not pocket watching. I don't know what Coach Prime has in the bank. But, but I think what he's trying to build program-wise and legacy-wise here, that re- regardless of this 5 or 10 or 50K or what have you, I think he's going to pursue those benchmarks for reasons much greater than the money. Oh, great point. Great point. And, fellas, we like to brag on our attendance and the fact that we regularly lead the SWAC and even FCS in attendance. And it looks like Coach Prime will get to reap some of the rewards from that. He also gets bonuses for ticket sales, uh, 10% of all sales after the first 30000 and 10% of all season ticket revenue after the first 10000 So that's a pretty creative wrinkle to the deal, Neely. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, uh, uh, if I could armchair quarterback here for a second, uh, that's probably the only spot, Chuck, that, that I saw that uh, we may have have, you know, given up something to get the deal mm-hmm. done because and I know, Chuck, you know, our numbers well, you know, we, we are pretty spot on uh, with attendance uh, and maybe that season ticket sale incentives is a good one so that we can bolster that. But, you know, we can typically put 35,000 people in the stands no matter who the coach mm-hmm. is. So that was probably a, hey, let me give you something here to get this there. Uh, but it's nothing that I was going to die in the ditch over. But it, it, I think it's an interesting. Thing. I believe in profit sharing. If you have an employee or if you have a, a sponsor or anything of that nature that can get your revenue up, by all means, they should share 
in that motivation of driving the revenue. So kudos to putting that in there. You know, the thing that kind of jumped out at me about <clears throat> this particular incentive, and this is me thinking uh, towards uh, spring football. Uh, and I don't know what the, the CDC guidelines might be uh, going into the spring, but I would guess, uh, you know, if the COVID numbers stay where they are, and I don't want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole of what it means from a political standpoint, but I don't know if Jackson State will be able to put 30,000 people in the stands uh, in, come the spring. So that was kind of the, the first thing that kind of hit me. I, I'm, this calculus pr pretty much changes as we get toward the fall of 21, possibly. Uh, but uh, I think the initial part of that is going to be kind of tough to to hit that incentive if you're looking at spring ball. I think that's that's spot on, Chuck. You know, and there was probably even some of the thinking behind the, the leverage and putting that in. You know, like here here is an incentive for ticket sales, knowing that for calendar year 2021, which will include two seasons, spring and fall that there are going to be significant challenges with getting over 30,000 people somewhere, whether that is through executive orders or, or legislation or public health policy that's in place, who knows what we're going to be dealing with. So it's one of those things that maybe on the back end of the contract, you know, uh, uh, we probably could have leveraged a little more there, but on the front end, the, the tough part is going to be him reaching that goal. All right. Also, if Jackson state changes conferences, Coach Prime gets $100,000 as well as two years added to his deal, Chuck. Now, this one really caught the fans by surprise, and it's been a real uh, talking point because the contract's for four years. So fans are kind of wondering, I mean, does this mean we could possibly be changing conferences soon? I mean, what are you your know, thoughts on that? My first thought was going back to listening to the SWAT commissioner and his vision of where he wants the conference to go. You know, he's been open uh, in terms of talking about uh, where he wants the conference to go within uh, five to seven years, you know, looking at FBS, does that mean a reimagined SWAC? Does that mean uh, that we, you know, we've uh, technically changed conferences, but with the still uh, with the same name. So uh, that's kind of the thinking that went into my head in terms of, of looking at that verbiage uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, Jackson state staying on the cutting edge of what the overall mission of what maybe, uh, Squad Commissioner Charles McClellan is looking at in terms of, of getting the conference as a whole to the FBS. Yeah, yeah, Chuck, if, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's taught us anything can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, it, it's clearly there, uh, you know, Corey, to answer your question, because in someone's thinking, it, it is in the realm of possibility. And then when you look at uh, what, what Chuck is suggesting as the SWAC in a whole, who knows what the next four years is going to look like, particularly with all the attention that's going to come to the program, all of this potential TV dollar and revenue that's going to come. Uh, you know, there was once upon a time in our, in our heyday uh, during that W.C. Gordon era all the way through, I think, through Dr. Lyons presidency. You know, there was talk about us leaving the swag and, and keeping some of the rivalry games like like Alcorn and, and Southern. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that is always on the table. Uh, for move ups in the world to happen. And when you bring in a, a, a charisma uh, and leadership like Coach Prime, I think that door opens just a little wider, even if even if it is not necessarily a goal or not necessarily something people believe is going to happen. It's in there because it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. All right. And 
Guys, obviously, we're hoping that this relationship with Coach Prime will be fruitful and last the full four years or even beyond. But, of course, every coaching contract has to have measures in place in case that doesn't last for whatever reason. And this contract is no different. Jackson State reportedly would owe Coach Prime the full remaining amount of his contract if they fire him within the first year. And they'd owe him $300,000 if they fire him anytime thereafter. Now, if Coach Prime leaves before the contract is up, he'd owe JSU 50% of the remaining salary. So probably some pretty standard uh, verbiage there. And Coach Prime can also get a one-year extension with an eight-win regular season. I'm all for that, eight, yeah. eight or more wins. And a, and a two-year extension if AD Ashley Robinson leaves JSU. So I guess a little security there in the event of an AD change. Yeah, you know uh... – and we, we kind of touched on that that AD change, you know, dynamic. Uh, but I, I, let me hop on the uh, Chuck. Let me hop on the, the the notion of a coaching change early on. I, I think that in HBCU sports, uh, the SWAC in general, and Jackson State specifically, there's been too many times in our history that because of budget reasons, we didn't we weren't in a position to buy out a contract. Mm. Uh, we would have to let a coach go further into the contract because even though the alumni or the fan base or direction of the program on the change. There was a budgetary constraint to making a change. Mm -hmm. This is one of the items in this contract that I'm not really concerned about. One, I, I believe he's going to do a great job and it's going to become a moot point. Mm -hmm. But if things should happen where we have to make a change early, I think we're in the potential on the front end to make so many dollars from marketing and non-traditional revenue streams yeah. that if we had to pull that kind of trigger, it's not going to be the budgetary decision that it used to be in years past. Right, right. I You hit the nail on the head. I, I did not uh, think uh, when you take a look at uh, just uh, we keep saying it, what he what he brings to the table, uh, that 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 sort of uh, budgetary issue would be kind of off the table. Should things uh, kind of go left? I, I, you know, think Jackson State is, you know, for lack of better words, in the catbird seat in terms of of what this individual brings to this university, uh, the potential, uh, and we talked about it on the, uh, the, the economics part of it in terms of the potential of what it means for uh, Jackson State's brand to grow as a whole. So, you know, Neely, you, you hit it on the, you know, hit it out the park on that in terms of just looking at, uh, it, it, it might not have the sort of effect that it would have had in years prior. Well, Chuck, let me let me get your take on. I know I know you are are, are a, a scholar, and I say that you know complimentary with all the respect as it relates to you know athletic department management and budgets and that kind of thing. So, what, what what's your take on the the clause in there attaching the coach to the AD should the AD leave? You know, I, I, from taking a look at that, I, it's it's sort of a, a situation where it's like, hmm, let me let me project out the future. And, and Neil, you, you said something about five minutes ago. It's like we we don't know what could happen within the next few years, but uh, mm -hmm. we pretty much can take a look at the fact that uh, we have an athletic director who, uh, by all accounts, is 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 a shooting star in this uh, HBCU stratosphere. Uh, and if mm -hmm. you know. Uh, when you kind of take a look at the simpatico relationship of, of a coach uh, and, and the athletic director, you know, sometimes uh, if, if one is gone, then the other kind of longs for him, if you will. So it, it's sort of a, a situation where I, I kind of took a look at that and, and it made me wonder, it's like, hmm, what's in the future for uh, Ashley Robinson? I mean, I know he's quite happy at Jackson State now, but could there be bigger and better things down the line? You never know. So I think that was one of those, 
parts within the contract where it covers uh, both, if you will. Yeah, and you know, man, this this is this is one of those industries, uh, and much like other parts of education, you know, great teachers uh, sadly get called on to become principals, and great mm. principals get called on to be superintendent. Uh, and thus creating a vacuum. And, and I think like uh, the success that our athletic director has had, and I know he is a Jackson guy and I know he loves Jackson State University and, and he is here. Uh, but you never know what opportunities will open up because of his success. Mm-hmm. And it's really the same thing. Off with one of the coaches, the, the coach, the success that Coach Reed is having with women's basketball opens up their pants over the box. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, somebody someday is going to come knocking. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think to create an atmosphere where we're trying to keep this family together for as long as possible. I, I do think it bodes well for both sides of the coin. It, that was just an interesting thing to me, Corey, to to see that attached that way, because, uh, you know, a lot of times and, and, and you guys have heard me say before with this athletic director that it was it's one of the first times. In, in about a 25, 30 year window that you had an athletic director, president and the coaches all on the oh, same board, all same on the path. same path yeah. and all supporting each other. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see an effort to kind of keep that that uh, synergy in place. But here's what you see most of the time, Chuck. And I know you know it firsthand from your experiences in, in your studies. A lot of times ADs are trying to distance themselves from coaches or coaches from ADs because I want to stay. I don't care if he goes, you, right. you know. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So to, to to see this dynamic roll out to suggest like, no, we're going to make this punitive, you know, to some degree if one of us leaves because we want to do this together. I, I thought that was interesting. That, that, that is. That is a very interesting way to look at that, Neil. Yeah, definitely great point and some interesting stuff there. But the contract officially begins on December 1st. So. How eager are you for Coach Prime to go ahead and become a metro area resident? Oh, man, y'all? super eager. Uh, and we've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, the, the city comes alive with Jackson State football. And just, uh, you know, you, you go around to the various barbershops, and I just remember this distinctly. Uh, the barbershop conversations leading to the season. Now, you know, December 1st, uh, we're, we're in, the, in, the, in the crux of recruiting, and you know how recruiting is in the South nowadays. And now we're taking a look at all these offers coming across social media, and it just ratchets up the, the, the excitement and the expectations as you uh, leave 2020, thank goodness, going into 2021 in terms of <laughs> hopefully, you know, being able to see our Tigers hit the field and to see what sort of talent that uh, Coach Prime is able to bring to this program uh, with some of the talent that's there now. Because, you know, our, our record is what our record is, but you saw things uh, in terms of Jackson State last year where it's like, hmm, the offense is getting much better. You know, that sort of thing. So I, I think there's just an excitement in, in terms of hopefully, you know, this program is starting to turn the corner uh, if you will, in terms of, of getting back into the SWAC elite. And that's something the entire Jackson State fan base just, they need to see. Chuck, Chuck I think you framed that perfectly, man, because, you know, we are all excited about uh, the the potential prowess in recruiting that Coach Prime can do, uh, these potential four stars and five stars. But one thing we cannot ignore, which which you, you know, alluded to right there in your statements, is that we have some quality players. 
We have some great people right here in Jackson, Metro Jackson, all around parts of Mississippi that just needed that extra level of coaching, that extra level of push, that extra level of facilities. And so it's going to be interesting to not only see what he can bring in December 1, but how he can make better what we already have. And that's a true sign of coaching. Can you make an average guy good? Can you make a good guy great? You know, does a guy come to you at one level and leave you at the next? Or does he come to you at one level and leave you lower? That's what you want to look for in a coach. But, you know, Corey, to, to go back to your, your question about the energy, being here in Jackson, and this may never happen, guys. It may never happen in the four-year windows of this contract. I'm looking forward to us to getting used to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that it's normal. It's normal to have him around, you know, that it that is it's almost like living in Gotham City and you see Batman or living in Metropolis and see Superman. At uh-huh. some point, right. it just uh-huh. becomes part of your life. Yeah. But yeah. we're going to have some growing pains December 1st, this spring. And then that, that, that reignited excitement is going to happen in the fall because I firmly believe that his friends are going to come see him coach. Mm. So it is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is going to have a red carpet out there with people coming in for games that have never even been to All right. Don't start any rumors, <laughs> y'all. Don't start any well, well, you know, we were, we, were, we were told the staff is going to be named October, November, so hopefully when they start coming for games, the staff is already placed if we don't have to address that i seen such and so at the airport. I think he's going to be the, the assistant AD or something. Uh, but but I, I, I think, you know, Corey, that it's, it's going to be exciting times when he's here full-time. Uh, when you are uh, in the grocery store, or in a restaurant, or see him on local news being interviewed with local scenery, because uh, right now it is still uh, it's still new and it's still kind of detached because it's not deep December first yet. But when that date comes, uh, uh, I think you're going to see a spike in excitement. Yeah, and you know, I, I look at some of the pieces that are coming back on this team. Um, a quarterback like Jalen Jones, he is a true dual threat. I think we saw, uh, you know, a little bit of a preview of what he can do. He threw for 200 yards and rushed for 200 yards uh, against Alabama A&M and against Southern. So uh, you, you, you're talking about uh, taking, you know, that, that, that lump of clay and, and trying to, you know, build a, a little something uh, extra out of, out of that lump of clay and, and really get the most out of a guy like him. Uh, you take a look at Jackson State. We have four different running backs who rushed for over a hundred yards last year. So mm-hmm. those are the sort of things that, you know, you kind of take, you know, into the, the this, this, this spring 2021 season and you hope that you can build on it. Uh, that being said, we got a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball, but I, I'm excited at least that this offense seems to have turned the corner a little bit, uh, definitely from the, the offenses that we've seen over the prior year since, since from 2000, uh, yeah, 15 forwards. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you mentioned that defense. Uh, interesting enough, one of the, one of the first uh, commits yeah. has been on the defensive side of the ball, you know, out all the way from Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that whether it's it's film study or, or just getting a true in-depth, because one thing Coach Prime did before the hire was his homework, and he's been doing his homework since the hire announcement. So I'm sure he knows where those challenges are where those opportunities are to grow. And, uh, and and I think that's part and parcel of why you see a defensive guy coming on board, you know, early on. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he puts all these existing pieces together, uh, his staff, uh, the current players, the players he's going to recruit to come in, how this spring ball unfolds and how summer unfolds. Uh, I, I'm excited for it, Corey. 
Absolutely. Excitement all around. Uh, but but just going back to the, the contract uh, before we wrap up, fellas, all things considered, how do you feel about the terms of the deal? If you're on either side of that negotiating table, are you walking away feeling good about it? I think it? so. I mean, I, I for me, look, taking a look at it and, and just knowing uh, a kind of a cursory look from uh, coaches around the Southwestern Athletic Conference, I think it's relatively in line. I think that verbiage in regards to the ticket sales is, is something uh, that's a, a little bit of a twist, uh, but but that's the sort of uh, global brand that, that Dion brings and can command, you know, to, to ask for a portion of the gate. But I think the other parts of it, uh, of, of the contract where you take a look at the, the base salary. Uh, we know that that's pretty much in line with uh, other swag. It's going to be at least in the top three of other coaches in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And when you take a look at the Southwestern Athletic Conference, let's just be honest, they pay better than other FCS conferences. So, it, you know, in terms of looking at what it is mm. in the swag, it's, it's right in line with what we've seen, at least from Texas Southern, Prairie View, and Grambling. And, and Chuck, because of that position and because I agree totally what you just said, that's why I'm going to give the bigger, I, as I said before, two party signs. So two parties feel they won, but I'm going to be a little more selfish and, and give the big W to A.D. Robertson into the school, because at the end of the day, for you to get uh, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, to sign a contract right. that is in line with the SWAC, that is in line with others, HBUs, HBCUs. I have to count that as a bigger win, mm -hmm. and, and 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 it's almost a steal. It's, it's almost the deal of the century, you know. If, if you look at the potential upside mm -hmm. from what we got him to sign, I clearly at, at, from his press conference, his demeanor, and everything he said at the school and away from the school, he's not in this for the money. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was a great song for we all remember, we all remember that song. But this is one example why I think JSU kind of got the upper hand in that deal because. It's essentially, Chuck, as you said, with all your experience in that industry, it, it's a pretty standard contract. Mm -hmm. Great point. Absolutely. And, and Charles, let me ask you, man, have, have you had a chance to take in some of the feedback and thoughts on the contract from not only the JSU fans, but around the SWAC or, or the well, HBCU? Well, in, in that regard, I think you talked to some Jackson State fans, and it kind of goes back to uh, <laughs> kind of how we started off the podcast. Uh oh, how you know, and when you kind of uh, kind of explain that you know it's it's not a contract that is so completely out of line with what you already see. You know, I think fans kind of come on board then, but uh, I think when you kind of take a look around uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, those uh, you know fans who aren't uh, quite as versed in in some of the minutia of of their coaches' contracts that they kind of take a look at it wide eyed and bushy tail, but. A lot of fans who who, who kind of keep up with that sort of thing, uh, they 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 understand that it's uh, a contract that is uh, fairly in line with what we've seen thus far. Man, Chuck, go ahead and call them pocket watches out. You know we got some pocket watches. <laughs> you know, so so so, so Corey, Chuck Chuck is going to be politically correct, so I, I'll be incorrect. You know, I, I I do think that we have a a segment out there that whether they are are up to speed or experienced in athletic department contracts, that they're just looking at this big number, and this big number is weighed in what they make, and this big number is to coach football, and they're not looking at at the notion of you got to spend money to make money. It's the return on this investment, and, and then there's another category that we have to be sensitive to, uh, and, and I think it, I think that that the conversation is even merited. Uh, you know, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, is our football coach, and he has his salary. No matter how that salary is augmented, 
but it also and in coach prime's own words spotlights are good you know it's showing that you exist but it's also going to show your blemishes mm-hmm. and i do think that you want to hear from you know other departments in the academic side of the of the, of the campus you know yeah. about okay what's in this for me how are we going you know i talked about profit sharing early in the nfl you know so if we're going to have this blooming athletic department from this rising shooting star of a coach how does that benefit journalism how does that benefit mass comm the school of business uh, school of political science and so forth and so on uh so on one hand you know you got a, a barbershop crowd and maybe doing a little pocket watching on the other hand you're going to have some people that are like hey what about me and my department but at the end of the day court i think this is a great deal crafted by uh, the athletic administration and signed by our coach i think it's win-win and I think the return on investment has tremendous upside that what we're paying can come back tenfold. And, you know, nearly to your point, I think we we see that quite a bit uh, that happens even at the power five level where uh, the faculty will start taking a look at what 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 the athletic department coaches are making and say, hey, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, so I fully uh, have an expectation that will probably happen. But. You know, we, we said quite often that, that, that the athletic department is, is the, the front porch to the university. And, you know, in some cases, you know, it just is what it is in that regard. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you have it. The contract details have emerged. And again, we're, we're steadily putting the rest of the pieces of the puzzle together. So everyone stay tuned right here. 1400 Club Tiger Talk podcast. We will be with you every step of the way as more information comes out in terms of the coaching staff and everything else Coach Prime related. And, fellas, what else are you looking forward to? I know Coach Reed has a lot of things cooking right now, and the men's basketball team has some unfinished business. So what are some other things? Man, you hit it right there with that yeah. with that, with that ladies' <laughs> basketball. These dandy dozen signs, you know, now, and keep in mind, it's much like football, Coach Reed has and had a loaded roster with some talent returning. But, my Lord, the people she's bringing in, the commitment she's gotten, you know, that this that you're going to I think you're going to see every facet of the athletic department and the broader university start to benefit from the ripple effect of this. Uh, and, and one thing I don't want to do, and I, I've talked to you guys about this, you know, in our personal conversations, is that we can't give Coach, Coach Prime credit for everything that happens after December 1st, mm-hmm. because some of this stuff was already in the works. Mm-hmm. And, and Coach Reed is one of those things. Uh, you know, the, the work she's doing recruitment wise with women's basketball coaches wise, I think that's going to be the program to watch for 2021 to see, you know, how this new team jails and if that rising can still continue. You know, do we go into that tournament with no COVID issues? And and, and she is priming herself, man, you know, to <laughs> to face that number one seed in the big dance and not just be competitive, but win. There you go. Hey, Nita, let me stop you. She's not priming herself to face that number one seed. She's priming herself to face that number two or number three or number four seed, the way the way it's looking. That's four <laughs> well, I, I agree with you there, but I was trying to I was trying to put in the NCAA hey, politics. Let, let, let's get to that. Let's get to that 12. Let's get to that 12. So you <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Uh, to your point, uh, Coach Reed, with her recruiting prowess, she has definitively turn heads around the conference. Uh, even uh, I've heard from some of my buddies over there in, in the MEAC. It's like, hey, y'all was women's basketball uh, coach. He is really getting it done. But I tell you what, it is going to be a, a tremendous season when you take a look at Jackson State coming back, regular season champions, uh, Coach Cooper uh, uh, over at Texas Southern. Uh, you take a look at uh, always 
uh, scrappy and uh, Prairie View team uh, at Southern. It is going to be fun, fun uh, times in terms of watching the women's basketball, and and no doubt looking forward to the men's basketball as well. I think we're 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 starting to turn that clock, if you will, to, to getting towards some athletics and hopefully getting back a little bit towards some normalcy. Uh, with the COVID precautions in place. And and please, people, continue to mask up, mask up, and continue to mask up. Man, spot on, Chuck. You know, we are we are probably less than 40 days away from college basketball season at this point. And uh, for that to successfully take place, for this spring season to successfully take place, now is not the time to relax. You know, we need to double down, if anything, mm-hmm. you know, on our hand washing, on our social distancing, on our unnecessary unnecessary gathering. Uh, because if we want these student athletes to truly have uh, the best of what Jackson State can offer, the best of what the SWAT can offer, we have to put them in an environment that they can successfully, you know, do what they came here to do as student athletes. And that starts with us keeping these COVID numbers down and in control. And that starts with our personal decision making. Yeah. So let, let's let's sanitize these hands. Let's keep social distance. Let's wear these masks because there's something bigger in place that we're trying to do for these student athletes. And that only happens with with our support in that regard. No doubt about it. Well said. Well, fellas, it's been a pleasure as always, but I'm sure we'll be reconvening here in the next day or two. The way that Jackson State Athletics likes to break news. <laughs> <laughs> it's constant. <laughs> no doubt. All right, well, I'll see you then. And that'll do it for episode 74 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners. Again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag I Believe. Hashtag D I Love.